0: Previously on Billy Joel A to Z. And then it goes pressure at number one, Allentown.
1: And so my number one song is Laura. I think wow. it's just awesome. Just an awesome song. I love it.
0: That is shocking. Room
2: of Our Own also at number nine for me. Eight for me is...
1: Pressure! Pressure!
2: Scandinavian Skies is seven. Six for me is uh, Good Night Saigon. Pressure!
3: You're just like everybody else Pressure You've only had to run so far So good But you will come to a place
0: Where the only thing you feel Are loaded guns
1: in your face And you'll have to deal with pressure
2: 5 I'm at with five? five. on that She's right on time.
0: That's a really cool song, isn't it? Yeah, really mm-hmm. great. Does he calls it his Christmas song? It, it's Christmas Eve, yep. right. right? That's that. That's the first line, I think.
2: I love about this here's a joel device right classic joel right same melody as the second half of the verse but he's reharmonizing the chords that lay under the melody so it's the same melody for the second half but now he's the Why you know that is, if you just sing the first three lines of the song with the chords of the second three lines of the song, it would be indistinguishable except for the the reharm. So,
3: turn on all the Christmas lights, babies coming home tonight. I can hear footsteps in the streets.
2: Doesn't work though, like, right? But. He keeps descending. Oh, it's just genius! It's genius, man. And then he has this build-up, ascending here, going up. But better late than
3: never.
2: Literally, the chords are keep going up, and then we're back to. you have this bell-like thing happening there could be you know it sounds christmasy in that way that is that song is awesome
0: yeah that's great wow that's see that's the kind of stuff that's really exciting when you break it down like that
2: yeah the descending verse the ascending pre-chorus into that bell-like chiming chorus oh amazing this this song is like the state of grace this is like the the hidden gem uh, of this record. It has that kind of feel to it. Yeah.
1: And Billy Joel has called it his second favorite song of all time. So for wow. him, this would be the number one song on the Now Heard.
0: Wow. Really? She's Right on Time? That's right. That's his second favorite song.
1: According to when he was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert.
0: Oh, right. Right. Wow. Wow. That's
2: great. What's his, sorry, what's his first? Wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Number two. There's an obscure song called She's Right on Time. She's Right on Time. And can I have a drum roll, please? The Billy Joel's number one Billy Joel song is...
0: Uh, Seeds of an Italian
3: restaurant.
1: Uh, his first is called December Song. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: Uh, tell her tell him you're in love.
1: Yeah, I I think it was scenes from an Italian restaurant.
0: That makes sense. Interesting. After that, I'm I'm at surprises. I love surprises. Like I I said, it it seems like we all have. She's running time surprises together. Interchangeable in a way.
2: Yeah, that song is just oh
0: god! It's like yeah, you just you played that earlier. Fantastic, and a, a total. That's a hidden gem for sure totally totally
2: amazing tune then i'm at laura that's number three for me gosh i mean maybe i'll play that song later on but um amazing with that pizzicato right just so cool wow that song and it's about his mom like what who is this guy? <laughs> is he
0: Italian or is he Jewish? Probably. Well, it, that's the problem. Why he has three songs about his mom? He's both, and he's very. <laughs> it's very confusing. Italian Jew. I mean, that's just a mother loving. You know, what are you going to do? That's double jeopardy. <laughs> I take
2: it back because I, I said his only venomous songs were about Elizabeth and Frank, but no, I uh, and
3: Rosalind. his mother. Yeah. We've talked about
2: that multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Wow, interesting freudian stuff right because on the same record he's railing against elizabeth but also his mom I, I, leads you
0: makes a heck of a lot of sense if you think yeah. about it all.
2: <laughs> i hope this was a therapeutic record for him alan's the
0: only person i know that gets along with his mom look at him yeah, look well, what a nice boy he is look nice, at his face nice
2: boy happy boy <laughs> i get along with my mom too i get along grow
1: up two out of three dave <laughs> <laughs> I love my mom It's funny in that, in this British interview from 82, the interviewer is trying, he's like, that's so Laura, obviously this is about a a godfather, goddaughter relationship. And Billy was just like, "Uh, yeah, I get, sure, whatever. (laughs) Because he never wanted to give away exactly what it was. And he mentions the word godfather in the song. So this guy just heard that and was like, well, that's what it is.
2: Well, the godfather deal is, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse, right? He feels like he's trapped by this godfather situation.
1: Yeah, I thought it was either that or maybe he's referring to like kind of this, this, like the Godfather is like sort of doing things like she's requiring him to do favors for him or to uh, support yeah, yeah. him. Or I'm saying for him to support her on yeah. his career. Yeah, for sure. I could see that.
2: Um, number two for me is Allentown. The sound of that record is just so cool. And the way. This is a going back to it. This is a, a Joel device talking musically. Um, so that song is like many different keys in it, which is why I sang it so poorly before because <laughs> it goes all over the place. So the, the intro is in a different key than the verse. Yeah. So so much like New York State of Mind. Where he has the same where he has starts off with a melody, he introduces a theme, a motif of a melody, and I'll play it for you.
3: Take a holiday from the neighborhood.
2: Right, we all know it. Now he repeats the same melody but higher. And and he's going up a fourth to do that.
3: I'm a flyer too.
2: But as you're hearing it, the keys work in the same way. There's the same movement. So you have right? And up here, same thing, right? It's just mirroring itself, but a, a fourth up. And just like that on Allentown, you have, um, so, um,
3: well, we're living here in Allentown. Go up and forth. And they're closing all the factories down. I don't
2: know if you could hear that, but, um, we'll- it comes out of its key to do that so it actually transposes it
3: um, just amazing kind of mirror melody stuff there and well let me ask you a
2: question that they um i used
0: to play that on the piano i had the sheet music and i can't remember what sometimes i would get a billy joel song and it had flats and sharps and i'm like i'm done it has too many you know four thing i can't figure it out was this only in f and c if i remember correctly or was it one of those ones that i couldn't end up playing
2: well again because it transposes or, or there's many accidentals so it let's say it's technically in the key of g or at least starts in the key of g right
0: one sharp, which is F, sh- F sharp. In the key okay, I, I remember that. As, okay, so I was—I right. can't remember which one was too complicated. They but had then, the F sharp, so I think I was able yeah, to play it.
2: But then, as soon as the verse starts, you're introduced to C sharp. C sharp.
0: Okay, it, so I'm not great. I remember so then that. Forty years transposes ago, transposes to sharp. D.
2: Yeah, it transposes. So as soon as his intro ends, and we're now we're in D. Well, we're living here with the key of D major with two sharps. Right, but and the were majors.
0: Back to G. I was one fine sharp. with it's the sharps that give me trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's just genius. As a though, novice, I mean, you know, it, it's very when you when you see sheet music and there's flats and sharps, I'm like, okay, I'm done, because you know, then it's one of those things where they might not put it on the sheet. and You have to remember that it's in the key of certain things, right? Yeah. That the F's are sharp or whatever. And it was, a, but that that one I remember. It was, I think it was just F and C, and I I could muddle through it
3: yeah
2: well maybe you know maybe we're getting too theoretical here for a lot of non-musicians billy doesn't think in theory right he's not writing this song he's not sitting down and saying i have this melody where do i go from here well i'm going to transpose and go up to he's not thinking that way he's not getting technical and he's just saying what feels good what sounds good you know he's using his ear to say it should lift there and he's probably just sounding it out, you know, what what chords are gonna fit nicely under that melody? What's gonna sound interesting there? Right? It's, it's, he's not thinking in mathematically. We're analyzing it mathematically, but he's not thinking in that way when he's writing, most likely. Uh, love Allentown, really love Where's the Orchestra.
0: That song. Yeah, we had a feeling. Is a All musicians, that's their favorite. Uh was Julian Villard was that isn't that his favorite too? Is it? Oh okay. I believe it is. That makes sense. Of course it does. We had a feeling that's a musician's song.
2: Oh boy. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. transposes makes it minor wasn't that supposed to be oh it is hard it is his most mccartney moment on the record i would even say it feels like a harry nielsen song or something like that or randy newman song it is just top notch top shelf billy and then the call back to Allentown, which we talked 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 about, it, it shares its theme with Allentown without us kind of knowing it. It is, um, oh and, and he at least he understands. By this point in the journey of the record, he understands the innuendo and the irony. He appreciates it all, but he's still saying, "Didn't I pay for more than this?" And don't we all get to that place in life, middle age or whatever you want to call it? were you just saying was this the bill of goods that i was promised what was it was this the rainbow that i was supposed to kind of come out on the other side of where's the pot of gold here this this song is just everything it's everything
1: man yes i'd like to (laughs) revote
0: yeah and you know when you're saying all this i'm thinking that obviously he set out to make a concept album kind of and did they get it i think they did and this is more of a concept album than Sergeant Peppers. Now, I don't think you make an album like this if there's not a Sergeant Peppers first. But if you think about Sergeant Peppers, and Alana and I have spoken about this when doing some of the songs from this album, what's the concept of Sergeant Peppers? It's like, all right, there's, there's the band, but then it just goes into this thing and we don't know what they're talking about. It, those songs could be anywhere, really. But, hmm. you know, still, it was the first of its kind. It was But this is a this is a true concept. And like you said, the way it spread the ending is, and where's the orchestra is, is telling you that was my concept you're welcome. Yeah. It, It takes it home. It does. Fascinating. It takes it home and it takes it
2: home with, and after the closing lines, this is the last code. All right. what a way to end it the- now now to me that feels like a more mature more fleshed out version of souvenir um more wisdom he's the melancholy is still there but boy is he really saying it more clearly here i, I he, he's just on point i mean the, this is some of the best stuff he's ever written and some of the best stuff we've ever gotten to hear him sing i just i'm the i mean
0: that's the fans. stuff we always said about street life serenade it just could have, there was so much hope and promise for it, yep. but he was a mess. So you have souvenirs two minutes long. And then because he was running out of time or whatever the case may be, and here he flushes out what souvenir should have been. Excellent analogy. Yeah.
1: I, I think Paul, what like do you the, think about uh, the difficult, like kind of like the non rhyme scheme and where's the orchestra? Is that hard as a songwriter to come up with something that doesn't rhyme?
2: Well, yeah, but so he's if he's starting with the music, I don't know that it would feel cheesy if you're trying to force a rhyme into that melody. It feels what's gonna rhyme with orchestra, right? Because that's where you would put so you'd have your orchestra. was not this
3: supposed to be a
2: musical? you would have your that's your B, so you'd A B, and then you'd have at the shore. pork store. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Sopranos, they're
3: at the pork store. Yeah. But it's not gonna work. It's not wasn't work.
1: I supposed to get some gabagool
0: <laughs> Well Paul, I think that's telling us alon's ready. <laughs> what a perfect segue <laughs> into the Weird Alon section of the program. Oh my He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. He has them in the chambers ready to go. What's the matter well, with I'll, you? I'll
2: be, I'll be kind to him. You know, I, I posted uh, jokingly that I've um, lost all every ounce of my once professional credibility.
0: My, my <laughs> because, of, because of the Weird Alon parodies? Yes. That uh, is not true. As we have seen on Instagram, people seem to like it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, I've never heard a bad word about it. It's, well, that's nice. I wish people would uh, write in and say, please stop doing that, but they never do. Yeah.
1: Don't encourage him.
0: <laughs> I, w- I will then start by uh, giving Alon
2: his favorite song on the record yes. and possibly the worst parody
0: of all time.
3: <laughs>
0: I think my favorite part about these segments is I forget totally what they're called and then when you remind me it's funny again
1: <laughs> i purposely don't email dave the list of parodies because yeah, i don't want right. him to get reminded of them at
0: all. <laughs> that's true i never see him cc'd on there nope, no i him. i prefer it this way it's fun it's on, on the spot <laughs> i remember like uh, what was the one for stormfront that i thought was really funny was it chewbacca <laughs> i guess it was, to yeah, Roberta. That, <laughs> was uh, that was that was revert that was street life
2: serenade yeah.
0: oh, okay yeah, got it right. i don't remember I just, oh um, right! I just listened to that recently. Right, right, because uh, I was li- and I was laughing again when I was re-listening to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca, <laughs> that was good.
2: Okay, that that one was actually good. These are really bad. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. Well, here is Laura. To well, here's tuna salad to the to the tune of Laura.
3: salad is my favorite lunch. Never fishy, cause it's drenched in mayo and the celery chunks give a very good crunch. It is perfect on some white or
1: first take too that was great it's so exciting
0: you know Excellent. um the first what well, chuck clusterman yeah. said I'm, I'm not sure if that's kind of white album material but uh whatever if alan's happy <laughs> <laughs> well it's got more
2: now it's got more of like a glass onion thing happening because of so yeah i could fit on the yeah <laughs> oh yeah what's next why don't we do um these are nice and short, so why don't we kind of go in order on the record and after that, uh, da, 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 and we can go into pet store.
3: You have to buy your kid a dog, pet store. He would not settle for a frog, pet store. Every puppy. He so pricey but at the pound all of the pets are full of fleas and going blind so now you're here writing a check 500 bucks to this damn pet store one two three four pet store
0: (laughs) one two
1: three four that's the work. Come <laughs> on, man. I didn't write that part. He ad-libbed.
0: <laughs> that was the best part of the song. <laughs>
1: oh, Okay. Then I did. I did write that.
0: <laughs> These are awful. You're so right about it's that. Right. I don't know what happened to this album. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, wow. Uh, maybe one more. Because, I mean, is there a really good one in there? Or, like, what did he no, do for no. surprises? Sup- oh, surprises was um cash and prizes. It's oh, about gosh. the prices, right? right good then i can play my losing prices right horn
1: <laughs>
2: can the, um, this is about a failed trip or a, or a, maybe a pleasant trip up to the uh the great white the, the border the, the montreal
1: montreal
2: the montreal but for what song i mean it's cheese curds gravy and fries dave
3: for what song the foods of montreal oh, God and surprise <laughs> and we were eating poutine cheese
2: curds gravy and fries <laughs> recommended
3: by a foodie the plate looked just like duty <laughs> it took a bite out <laughs> i love poutine
2: man okay Not Putin, i love poutine okay
0: <laughs> i'm such an easy audience you say duty i'm gonna laugh every time it's <laughs> great that, that one's
2: i like the what short did he ones what Let's, did he do for goodnight saigon goodnight saigon was goodnight the prom
0: oh god that's awful <laughs>
3: and got corsages pre-game with vodka in our garages and we blacked out blacked out all night and Jim. chance we get late tonight and we will all get drunk together we said we'd all get drunk together yes we would all
0: get drunk together That one wasn't that bad, actually. I guess because the song was good. You play it well, and the lyrics weren't horrible. Thanks. Well, that I liked it. That was fine. Mm. Uh, a Room of Our Own is Make Room for a
2: Scone.
1: Yeah, that one's well, for for historical purposes. I think that was the first Scone reference on our podcast.
0: God, that's why I'm good if you, just, just you, you want to just drive me off this picture. Do
2: why don't we just do one more parody before we end? Well, let, well, let me just try to get... We did Chewbacca on Street Live Serenade. That's Roberta. And we have Chewbacca. There's a whole kind of Star Wars theme that you got going on with some of these parodies, Alon. So it's a Star Wars and food. That's his entire. That's all I got. Obi-Wan Kenobi.
3: Skywalker calls him Old Ben. Then a droid gives him a message. Your only hope, Leia, says it's time to be a Jedi once again. You waited 20 years, and now your time is here.
1: second verse there's no second is that verse. really
2: bad it was pretty bad right <laughs> is,
1: it's my fault <laughs> it's but right. you're gonna get a lot of invites to the Star Wars convention so this is great great fantastic <laughs> fantastic well Paul okay. do you want to
0: play another song for us because I would like that very much sure sure
2: let's save let's take back she's right on time for Milan's parody um, <laughs> yeah well this is the Christmas song as, as, as our favorite Italian Catholic wrote it, Mr. Billy Joel loves his clams, loves his bottle of red, bottle of white. He does that. N- Nary a Manischewitz in sight.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Well but, done. Uh, Turn on
3: all the Christmas lights. Steps in the street. I turn the chrome music higher, palm more wood upon the fire. That should make the atmosphere complete. I've had to wait for. Far too many sins to mention She don't have to take it anymore Since she said she's coming home I've torn out all my telephones Soon she will be walking through that door I may be going nowhere But I don't mind if she's there She's rest in time for me, she's right on time She's right where she should be, she's right on time Left to my own device I can always make believe that there's nothing wrong
2: That was like the most Billy Joel moment there. Those woes, by the way, I just had to stop and say that.
3: Still I will choose to live in a complicated world that we shared for so long. Good or bad, right or wrong, and it occurred to me I set up my Christmas tree, she never missed a cue or lost a beat. Time I lost to the meet her There she'd be where I would need her Greeting me with footsteps in the streets I guess I should have known it She'd find the perfect moment She's just in time for me She's right on time She's right where she should be She's right on time. to wait forever but better late than never she's just in time for me she's right on time she's right where she should be she's right on time
0: oh yeah that's what I'm talking about. That's fantastic. There's That's a lot fantastic. Of this Woody album is fantastic. You know, this would be a perfect episode if not for those parodies.
1: There's always one thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, somebody, I heard there was a Playboy article, and I don't know if this is right, that in May of 82, when the album wasn't out yet, and they were interviewing Billy Joel, and he said the album was supposed to be, the album was supposed to be called Goodbye Saigon. You know anything about that? No. No. Yeah, that's what he had said before before the album was coming out. He was interviewed by Playboy and he said, Yeah, it was supposed to be called Goodbye Saigon. I don't know if they were if they misprinted and it was the song was called that, or if that was actually gonna be the title of the album. Boy, that would have been a departure for uh
1: <laughs> the he album was gonna was sing all the that. songs in Vietnamese. Yeah. <laughs> 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 C'est like chwa?
0: Right, <laughs> take all over again, exactly. Oh
2: boy. what's okay. your what's your overall take on the record, guys? Love it,
0: yeah, I love it too. And again, as I said before, it definitely a more mature, growing appreciation for the album over the years. It's funny, again, listening to the album as a whole. When you hear Allentown and Pressure, they almost don't fit anymore because the other songs, the the whole second side and Laura, are so different and so special. And I think. If we kind of reorganized the album, I guess I would put those two songs at the end, even though you, you have to have Where's the Orchestra last, and kind of start with Laura and then go to She's Right on Time, Rove Morrow Surprises, Scandinavian Skies and Where's the Orchestra? And then put the the hits at the end, I guess, or or so, or maybe not even put them on the album. I mean, it's a completely different album without the hits. Yeah, it really is, right? You could, you could kind of think about these songs like,
2: I think like Laura, if if and when that was a single, like the B-side of that could have been Scandinavian Skies or Surprises, right? Something kind of beatles You can kind of pair them off, but w- what is maybe Allentown, maybe the B-side is Where's the Orchestra for that, in a way. That'd be
0: nice to well, yeah, side
1: yeah, then the callback happens really fast, but still be nice. Yeah, that's right. right.
0: No, he didn't put Where's the Orchestra on any B-side. It was kind of weird. You would think he loved that song, and he did, but All the singles that were released whereas the orchestra was not on the b-side it was never released anywhere it really is the song that you know this this is the this is the type of
2: record and we could we could see it with later joel moving towards stormfront and uh river of dreams specifically but this is the this is the record that kind of mixes the world stuff with the personal stuff and where's the orchestra To me, sums up, and I, you know, again, I'm beating the dead horse here, but uh, it sums up his feeling about his relationship that just ended, and it also sums up the feeling of disillusionment that people in America had in in then those Reagan times and the the promise of the suburban, the great suburban showdown, the great American dream in the suburbs via Allentown. It is the song that sums up the record perfectly and the vietnam war is a part of that and mm. lenin dying is a part of that right and strangely his mom is a part of that i don't know how that works out but uh <laughs> it is just it this song has the power of summary for i'd say all of his songwriting career actually if you if if he were to rewrite famous last words and have a song that ends his songwriting career it should be where's the orchestra
0: yeah and the other thing is, too, is that this is an album that you can't. If, if this came as The Stranger, like right after Turnstiles or something, I wonder what Billy Joel would have been. You know, like, I mean, you, you obviously, this is an album you can do after you have three, six successful albums. You could take a break and say, here's what I want to do. But I guess you cannot do this album unless you've made three hits in a row before him but it would be so interesting to see he would ju- he would just be a totally different artist and the and then the then he probably would have gotten respect the respect that he so wants from the critics and the people that don't like him because because what he specifically said actually in one of the things this is a guy that didn't ever want to make an album the same all the time yeah and that as, as we've spoken about multiple times, is what kind of, I guess, did him in in the respect of others where they just, I guess, want to hear from their artists the same thing over and over. Mm. And this album really just shows that he's capable of doing everything that a Bruce Springsteen can be doing and so much more. He can go way beyond that. It's funny that he doesn't have the same respect as Bruce when he can he could make a Bruce album, but Bruce couldn't make this album. So true,
2: oh, there yeah. it is, there it is. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wave that flag for
1: sure. That's
2: the that's the motto right there.
1: And it means a lot to hear that from a New Jersey guy. <laughs> that's right. Don't you <laughs> forget very, it. Very classy of you, Dave.
0: Well, Paul, thank you so much again for joining. This actually has been one of my favorite podcasts to do. I think it was just interesting and fun, and you're amazing on the piano, obviously. And I, I guess I just really liked this album, and I was feeling real confident and good about it. And thank you again for joining us. And Alan, as always, thank you. And Paul is going to play us out as usual with what I'm assuming would probably be his favorite song off the album. Mm. But I let him always choose. Uh Alan, thanks again for those great parodies.
2: Yeah, um, thanks again, Alan. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: no, <laughs> I, I believed it when Paul said it, but <laughs>
2: Dave, thanks for always being so kind about my singing and piano playing, and doing the best I can here with this tough material. Uh, we're all reaching for the stars when we when we sing Billy's melodies; they are deceptively tough. I'll just—I just had a thought before I wrap this up. I've said my piece on where's the orchestra said my piece on the record, but I, I guess in the scope of his career, if he—if th- if Turnstiles is the moment where it starts to gel, and then you know. You have four, four amazing records from turnstiles to glass houses. This is the middle record because there's four more after this and that's it. This to me is the bridge to the second half of his career. This is the bridge to after this Christie's in his life. After this, you have kind of eight eight, full eighties, Billy in full swing. Um, this is the, the, the pivotal record. And it's the one where he stretches out the most and he takes the most chances. It's the most interesting record. It's the most musically complex record. It has all the studio stuff that us musicians love. And the playing is also so damn good. Liberty is so good. The band is amazing on it. Thank God there's not a saxophone solo on this record. No, I, I'm just kidding. We love Richie's <laughs> work, obviously. But it is just, it's up there for all of us fans and uh, we'll always be there. So. Thanks for having me again.
3: Where's the orchestra? Wasn't there supposed to be a musical? Here I am. The Overture To the theater crowd I assumed That the show Would have a song So I was wrong At least I understand words. This podcast ran too long Stories, jokes, your hosts were full of silly anecdotes And so it goes Another show about Billy Jones